beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Melissa is such a lovely person. I'm so happy that she agreed to talk to me. Melissa's mother sadly died last year and she is really stuck in her grieving process. Due to her emotional discomfort, I was about to cancel our appointment on the morning of the recording, but I remembered the positive feedback I get from people after our chat and decided that it might actually do a good to talk to me, so I pushed through. You will hear us being half hysterical at the beginning of the session because we were chatting away merrily for about 10 minutes when I realized that I was not recording. I think there is a lot for us to learn from this chat. I hope you get out of it what I did. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Enjoy Melissa's story. should be wearing my glasses right now i can watch it cool i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> right. let's start again cool melissa and i are starting again we just realized that i never started the recording <laughs> <laughs> it's okay freddy so we're not going to do the whole bloody greeting thing we've already said hi hi mm. listeners hello <laughs> this is my friend melissa we met how long ago? About three? No, how not long I ago? I think it could be about three years ago. Um, a mutual contact of ours told me, I'm going to connect you with this guy. He's really awesome. He's an addictions counselor. I think you need to see him. Yeah. And um, that's how we met. And you are one of those people that I just felt instantly comfortable with. Oh, thank you, you just have that quality about you. Because, yeah, I am spilling my guts to somebody that I met five <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> I still had my office then. Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, before I started from home. So, you opened the door now. So, what connected us was addiction. Yes. Okay. Were you fresh in recovery then? I had just started my journey. I think I should probably give you a bit of a background. Yeah. I didn't know up until I was 34 years old that I am an addict. Ah. And that sounds so weird. Because, you know, most people know in their early teens or 20s, they're an addict. No, no, I waited until the ripe old age of 34. I didn't know until I was 22 that I was homosexual. <laughs> well, there you go. So you can, you're completely excused. Yeah. Um, and it actually also just happened by chance. It must have been kismet or something. I was admitted to a clinic for depression. I was really battling at that time. I just felt like I was in this big black hole. I did not know how to get out of it. And then one day we were told that um, somebody's going to come and have a talk. They're going to talk to us about alcoholism and drug addiction, etc. And I didn't actually want to go. But then I thought, you know, go, it's going to kill some time. Yeah. 
And I sat there listening and something struck a chord with me. I could relate to what was being said about why people abuse drugs and alcohol. But I mean, I, I indulge in a glass of wine, but booze has never been a problem for yeah. me. I've never even smoked weed, you know. I know how boring oh, is you're that, pathetic. man. You know, right? you, live, you live in the Cape of Good Dope and you don't. You I don't know. I get ripped off of that such a lot. But I've never even smoked weed. But I realized that is what food does for me. Ah. And again, I must just give you a bit of background. I've always been overweight all my life. And I always thought, you know, I'm eating too much. And I had so many excuses for it. Oh, I enjoy good food. Oh, you know, what if I decide to eat right now and tomorrow a bus is going to knock me over because it's always going to be a bus that's going <laughs> to knock me over. You know, then what was all that healthy living for? Yeah. And so it was always just, I thought it's about the food. And then that day, something stuck with me and I realized, whoa, the way people say alcohol and drugs make them feel, that's how food makes me feel. So the conversation, the, the, the sharer was a drug addict and an alcoholic, that's so he didn't correct. talk about food. food. But, no, but not at all. But suddenly the, 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 the light went on for you. Yes. That, oh my word, okay. Yes. So you were definitely there for a reason. You had to be there. I'm telling you, <laughs> in hindsight, I realized that was one of my first higher power moments yeah. I then spoke to my my psychiatrist and I told her listen I don't know what to make of this but the way these people say drugs and alcohol make them feel that is the way food makes me feel yeah and she told me wait 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 I'm gonna look at something and she told me I think you need to look at Overeaters Anonymous ah. you could have knocked me over with a feather because I'd never heard of Overeaters Anonymous I did not know what it was. I did not know what yeah. it stood for. You know, when I went into rehab, I didn't know about narcotics and all oh, That's And it's so weird because as parts of fellowships, we really try to get the word out there. Still, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it just proves how many people there are to reach where we're just not getting to. Yeah. So how did you feel? Were you, were you relieved that the, there's a name to it? Or were you kind of, oh my God, what, what's happening here? I was relieved because all of a sudden I understood that I react to food differently to other okay. people. So a lot of, of your behavior things made yes, sense to you. Okay. Because in hindsight, I think I always knew I had an unhealthy relationship with food. Okay. You know, when other people would be full, I could never reach a satiety level. Okay. And I always thought, you know what, they are losers. Listen, let me show them how to do it because yeah. I could do it. And that thinking, I always knew there was something wrong with it. But I thought, you know, okay, if I get the weight under control, you know, my problems will be solved. Yeah. I then looked into OA and I had to answer a few questions. And I said yes to every one of them. And I realized, oh my goodness, this is where I need to be. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Fantastic. That was in October 2013. Okay. That was a turning point for me in my life, a huge one. Because at that stage, I'd indulged in other behaviors as well. I belonged to SLA as well. Ah. Um, I acted out multiple partners, one night stands. You know, that time I called it, they're my fuck buddies. Yeah. I thought, I'm so cool, I'm using them, I'm getting off, blah, blah, blah. 
and it was good for a while until it wasn't good until anymore it, until it stops being good yeah until it wasn't good and anymore it's a, it's a strange line that one just suddenly crosses yes <laughs> and you know i felt so powerful that time i felt incredibly powerful ah. i thought i'm owning my sexuality i'm finally i'm making the rules it will be on my terms ah and then just one day it stopped being fun and i kept on chasing that high but i never got it so when did this penny drop for you <laughs> i'm laughing because that only dropped for me in november 2016 okay i did not know that i had sra issues either i did not know so um, how did this come <laughs> how how did this happen so what happened was after i went to the clinic and i was discharged i started working my oa program yep. and that program like a good little overeater shoot do yes so well done the program <laughs> is amazing it has taught me so much about me about the person i really am about the life i want to live about how i think about myself oh. the way i think about others it taught me about my connection with my higher power and all of a sudden i realized the connection i had with my higher power it wasn't a true connection it was one of dictator and almost want to say submissive or something like that and since coming into program i realized that my higher power is loving and caring my higher power is actually not going to punish me if i don't go to church on sunday yeah my higher power doesn't work on a point system where you have to do x amount of good things in order not to be punished yeah my higher power is actually very understanding so up until that stage we discussed this earlier while we were not recording in uh-huh. detail uh-huh. <laughs> that you grew up catholic i did in the western cape with a father and a mother but father was 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 at sea a lot that's correct so mother kind of ruled ruled the house with yes. a a steel fist i think yes. is a, is a saying and the two daughters attended catholic church you were yeah. confirmed and went to mass and all those type of things yes cool. every single so, thing so at that stage you, you you had god as your concept of a higher power absolutely okay. and we also discussed we were just at the point that that mm-hmm. we discussed but because we said at the age of about 26 that religious connection broke for you yeah so let's take it from there what what do you think caused that um i had dated the same man for nine years ah, the pastor's son yes i dated a pastor's son <laughs> melissa was about to become a duomini's wife yeah i'm afraid duomini can you imagine that to the hell out. <laughs> And I then ended things and I was it was like I was set free I was released from prison and I realized that I had done both him and me a disservice I didn't show him who I truly am because okay. I tried to fit into this little mold that he had for me ah. I also wanted to be what he wanted me to be but okay. I couldn't you know and that's Thank just Thank God you realized that I know and that's just a recipe for disaster Yeah and then the partying started every weekend and then i started going on to dating apps had random hookups 
getting that feeling of being powerful. Yeah. And for the longest time, it gave me this amazing high. And what had also happened at that stage, I actually forgot. I'd lost a huge amount of weight, like 50 kilos. Oh my word, how did that happen? I then started going to a dietitian, you know, eating right and all of that. But when I look back at it now, I still binged then, you know, and then binge. And then, okay, now we're good for a couple of days. And then, okay, I can reward myself. Let's binge again. Ah, okay. That was the pattern of my life. So it was really a binge purge yes. type of pattern that, that, that yeah. you had. Yeah, absolutely. And at the time, I honestly thought I was rewarding myself. Yeah. But now I know better. That was just me falling back into old ways. Old and you ways were in addiction thinking. anyway in terms of your SLA. So, absolutely. So, so the two just fed into one another. But it's amazing how... how sex and food are connected and so many people in any of these fellowships will, will say can I, when my sex is good my food is stuffed when my food yeah. is good my sex is stuffed yeah um, very very connected i know i i only realized the connection november 2016 so were you always depressed were you always aware of the fact that you feel low that you feel depressed again or? no when i think back now i've always been an overeater always as even as a child I was an obese kid, obese teen, I'm an obese adult. That is, you know, how I identified myself. Yeah. And it was always, you know, a weight issue. Once I lose the weight, my problems will be solved. And then I got to a point when I was 34 years old, I realized something is not well here. My thoughts were dark. Um, I started isolating myself from okay. friends limited contact with family and it was easy because at that stage i'd been living on my own okay so it was easy for me to you know get takeaways lots of it finish it he was nobody here to judge me um i always laughed in meetings because people say you know i had to close the curtains and whatever i don't need to close the curtains i live alone i can do it <laughs> i can do it you know in the bright light yeah but there was nothing bright about it okay and until one day i realized i'm killing myself slowly I'm committing suicide, but very slowly. Yeah. I then... Finding a really difficult, difficult way to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kill, just shoot me, for God's sake. Yes. Get over and done with. Yeah. yeah. And I then spoke to my boss at the time, because it was affecting my work as well, because okay. I couldn't function. And he told me, you know what, I'm going to arrange a session for you with um, one of our HR people. And this person referred me to a psychologist. And that was the first time when the psychologist told me, you are severely depressed. And I thought, what? Because I don't feel, because my idea of people that suffer from depression is they're lethargic and they always want to sleep and they speak slowly. I don't know why they speak slowly, but in my mind, they speak slowly. <laughs> and they cry a lot. And yes, and they have suicidal thoughts and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have suicidal okay. thoughts. I don't speak slowly, <laughs> but I was in this dark place. And now I can tell you my depression manifested itself in me being aggressive and angry okay. all the time. So you were acting out on it anyway. Yes, I lashed out just at came people. Out, it came out in different ways. Yes, friends, okay. family, poor shop assistants. Ooh. I have so many amends to make to shop assistants. <laughs> really just lashing out over the littlest thing. 
And then I know I'm overreacting, but I don't understand why. Okay. Until I then went to a clinic for intensive therapy. And that was the start of the journey for me. Okay. And it was in that period that I also discovered I'm a compulsive overeater. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you enter away. Yes. Did you go to your first meeting while in the facility or no. afterwards? Afterwards. Okay. And how did I that feel? I was still on leave. And then I looked it up and went to the meeting at Kenilworth. Okay. And... That's a I Thursday, went, no, when yes, is that one? it's on a Thursday at 7.30. Okay, cool. And I went there expecting a lot of overweight people. And I came there and in walk a lot of skinny people. And I was convinced that I must be at the wrong meeting. Because overeaters are overweight and obese yeah. like me. But I stayed. And once the meeting started, I realized I'm at the right place. Oh, okay. Because overeating doesn't only manifest itself in weight like it does with me. Anybody can be a compulsive overeater. And I cried in that meeting oh, because ugly. I knew I was at the right place. Okay. And I went to one or two more meetings. I even got a sponsor a couple of months later. And then I stayed away for nine months. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I did. Because then my mind told me, no, you're not an addict. That's nonsense. An addict is a homeless person. They sleep on the street. They're a drunkard. They're a drug addict. Yours is just a weight problem. Get the weight under control. And I just stayed away. So you were back to square one? Yes. And I just stayed away for nine months. Because I could not accept I'm a drug addict. Because I told myself, listen, girl, you've got your life together, man. You've got a job. You've got a home. So now you're also on antidepressants. Yes. So you're feeling better. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So the bottom of the rock bottom has been lifted up. Yes. So that's feel, right. Oh my word. Okay. So I'm feeling better. So I'm not an addict. Yeah. You know, I'm clean every day. I'm not begging for money. I take care of myself. Yeah. I'm wonderful. And it went on like that for nine months. And it took nine months for me to realize, no, 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 no. This is not normal. You do not react to food the way other people do. So the seed was planted. Absolutely. Those few meetings, I don't even know if it was five or six meetings that I went to, but something stayed. Okay. Have you started working the program by then? I tried and then I stopped. Okay. I'd probably only worked step, maybe up until step three. I'm speaking under correction. And then I just stayed away. And in January 2015, I think, I realized I can't do this. And I contacted my sponsor and I told her, I'm dying here. I need help. And she told me, you know what? I was waiting for your call. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I started working the program again. My sponsor then relocated and she connected me. Yeah, she did. How could she? How could she <laughs> abandon you like I that? I know. I remember crying in Cardi's the day. I was buying a, you know, Bon Voyage card. I remember crying and I told my best friend, I can't believe she's leaving. <laughs> I mean, too adequate have said, I can't believe she's doing this to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then my then sponsor connected me with a new sponsor. Oh, okay. And 
I then started working the program. I think I've done one complete round okay. of the steps and then I started it again, but I haven't finished that yet. And in the meantime, also discovered I'm a sex and love addict. Yeah. And that also happened in the most peculiar way. I went on a date and I thought the date went well. And then the person just stopped contacting me. And immediately I thought, well, it must be me. And the feelings that came up for me, it's that same feeling when I know I want to binge. Okay. But all of a sudden, I know that I don't want to binge, but I want to act out sexually. Okay. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, I know, I know this feeling. Not, not quite, but I know what happens when I'm here. And I then contacted somebody in the fellowship who I also just by chance found out goes to SLA. And she told me, go and do the 40 questions on the SLA website. I said yes to about 35 of those 40 okay. questions. So about this time you knew the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in, I think it was November, December um, that year, I then went to my first SLA meeting. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, it's amazing, but again, that was the first time I was angry at my higher power. Ah, okay, so let, let's stop there and go and follow the journey to your higher power, because mm-hmm. you grew up Catholic, so there was God. Yes. So coming into the 12 steps, mm-hmm. technically speaking, that should have been easy. The higher, yes. the higher power was a sitting duck waiting yes. for you to come back. Yeah. And is that what you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't take the easy way out, do you? No. I don't make this easy for me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because I thought, you know, I get the God, the God concept. I went to church. This is easy. I know about handing over and believing in a higher power, power greater than yourself. No, no. I was brought down to earth with a bang. It was so difficult. And it is still difficult for me to, to just hand over because that's, there's still that part of me that wants to control, that wants to do, that thinks that I know better. So you didn't go on your knees and say to God, I'm back? No, not at all. You know, because still in my little head I thought, I get you, we friends, don't worry, I know you've got this. Until one of my sponsors asked me, have you ever been angry at your God? And I said, no, what nonsense are you talking? You can't be angry with God. Yeah, because he's going to punish you. Yes. And then came the day when I realized I have two addictions. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm a sex and love addict. And that's the day I became angry. And I said, really, God? Kind of what the... Isn't it enough (laughs) that I'm a compulsive overeater, that I'm morbidly obese? Now you want to make me a sex and a love addict too? Yeah. I've had enough of this. I'm done with you. I'm disconnecting. (laughs) (laughs) And you put down the telephone. (laughs) Yes. And it took me about two months to get over my anger. Oh, good. And then I realized, you know what? Because then I was angry because why didn't you show me the time when I realized I'm a compulsive overeater? Why didn't you let me know I'm a sex and love addict thing too? And my sponsor told me, you know what? The time wasn't right for you. You couldn't deal with both at that time. You are ready to deal with it now. 
So now I understand better because I wasn't ready with it. I could barely cope with the fact that my head works differently when it comes to food yeah. and to eating. I couldn't cope with that. So then if you add sex and loving to the mix, oh my word, I don't know what would have happened to me then. Yeah. So it was given, I was going to say, it was given to me, the gift, because it is a gift. Yeah. It was given to me when I was ready to understand that that behavior, that acting out that I did that time, it was so damaging to me as a person. It ate away at my soul. Yes. This very behavior that I thought was empowering me and um, just made me feel like I'm on top of the world, I'm in control. And yet I didn't know what it was actually doing ah. to me. Yeah. Did you do the HALP program? I did. Oh, how was I... that? The HALP program is it's the first three steps yes. of this Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous program. And it, it's very, very intense. It is. It demands complete abstinence, am I correct? Yes. So it demands complete abstinence and very intense contact with, yes. with people whom you check in on a regular basis to make sure that, that you reflect back at yourself what's going on in your thinking, what's going on in your behavior and all those type of things. Yes. And did you experience it very intensely? I did. And it made me understand my eating disorder so much better okay. as well. Oh, wow. I understand how the two feed into one another ah. now. Funny thing is, I didn't, I finished the 30 questions, but on the day I was supposed to report back to my sponsor with the 30th question, that was the day my mom died on oh, the 18th no. of July. So I'm thinking about it now. I've never done the last question oh, with shame. my sponsor. I should actually just call her and tell her, you know what? It's seven months later, but we need to do the yeah. last question. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's been really up and down for me. Okay. Um, so let's just quickly retract again. Okay. So in OA, you started building a relationship with God again. Yes. Then SLAA happened and you said, fuck this shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am angry. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not going, I, 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 I don't think that you are a nice guy at all. Yes, that's it. And then you started the HAL program. Yeah. And what happened for you spiritually in the HAL program? In the HAL program, I connected a lot more with my higher power. Because you see your powerlessness. Yes. And absolutely. And it actually, it, it made me understand my eating disorder better. I realized that I can't do this alone. I absolutely cannot. I do not have the tools. I'm yeah. a mere mortal. So I need a bigger deity, a more powerful deity to do it for me. Okay. And in this instance, it's God. God is my higher power. Yeah. Cool. So your spiritual path then went back to the religious God. I wouldn't say the religious God. The relationship I have now, it's a lot different. Okay. It's a more gentle relationship. It's a parent-child relationship. Oh, okay. That that to care for, that caring, you're yes. experiencing the caring. Yes. Cool. This is not the higher power that I'm afraid of anymore. Because oh. I, I struggle to deal with the concept now that I was afraid of God and but I shouldn't be. the Bible teaches us to, I to know, be afraid. Eh? Yeah, and yet I see 
the blessings I have every single day, why mm. must I fear this God that is so merciful, that gives me so many blessings every single day? That's a God that cares. That's a God that loves me. Yeah. And so that relationship has become more loving. It's gentle. I connect more easily with my higher power. Because mm-hmm. you also don't feel judged. And yes. you don't fear punishment. Yes. So it's so much easier to connect that way. Yeah. Okay. So now you're committed to the program. Yes. And now mom dies. Yes. So. So now it's again, what the fuck? Yes, since mom died, I'm in an awful place. I went to one or two meetings after my mom died, both OA and SLA. And while I was sitting there, I just thought, what the hell am I doing here? Then I realized I don't want to be here. And so I just stayed away. And I've been so angry with my higher power. Okay. Because he took my mom away. I was not ready to lose her. My whole life changed. It feels like my life is imploding. Okay. I've got no control over what's happening. And I'm angry at him because, listen, I was not ready to lose her. I needed more time with her. Okay. And the funny thing is that it's been at least four or five months since I've last been to a meeting. People from the program are still contacting me and asking me, where are you? What are you doing? Come here, we can support you. Yeah. And there's that part of me that just does not want to go. And I don't understand it. I know that this is the emotional support that I need. Yeah. In addition to whatever else I do, because I go for therapy and all of that. So at the moment I'm fighting, I'm really angry with God. But, you know, the rational part of me tells myself, this is life and people are going to die. But I'm still so angry. I'm having difficulty processing my mom's death. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm angry all the time. Okay. And I'm so you're back the, where you were yeah. before you went to the clinic the first time? Yes. But do, does that also come out in your behavior? Or are you internalizing that anger now, making, making it nearly even worse? Because you're now just bubbling it all up. Do you know, I'm actually, I'm a lot more vocal about my anger. Okay. And that's what's different for me this time. So you're expressing it in a far healthier way than yes. you did previously. Yes. Because at first, I would never have told anybody I'm angry with God. Yeah. Now, every second person that will listen, I'm saying, listen, I'm angry with God. <laughs> because he took my mom away. And did anybody tell you that you fucked in your head? No. Funny enough, no. Because you're not. It's okay. Well, I think it's okay. Yeah. I fight with my power a lot. This is not on. <laughs> this yes. is not acceptable to me. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, you know... There was a way my higher power could bring her back. I'd say, thank you. Yes, please, yeah. I'll take her. And life will be okay. And have you have you spoken to God about it? Did you tell him that you pissed off? I have. Okay. And a friend also actually suggested that I write a God letter when I express my displeasure with him. Yeah. And that's something that two of my friends told me. I haven't done it yet. 
but I do think it's a healthy way for me to release. Yeah. Because I'm amazed at the depth of my anger. There's still lots in there, in my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The issue with death is it invariably brings up a lot of other stuff as well. So we grieve the loss of, mm. of the other party, but at the same time, we actually grieve a lot of stuff that we should have grieved a long time ago. Yes. And that's why people very often, we, we, we perceive it as an overreaction to the death of a pet. Mm. Because they allow themselves to grieve the death of a pet, but all the other baggage comes with it. Yeah. So I, you're now grieving a lot of the other stuff that you did not allow yourself to feel previously. I am. I had a very complicated childhood. My mom and I had a very complicated, a complex relationship. She had her own demons, you know, that she had to face. Yeah. So, Like all of us do? Yeah, yeah. So I find that my inner child is also grieving because my inner child feels abandoned at yeah. the moment. And this is like the ultimate abandonment because she's gone. She's not coming back. And my inner child needs love and comfort. And at the moment, I'm struggling to give that to her because I don't know how to comfort this grown woman sitting here that's 39 years old. I don't know how to comfort her. So how do I comfort my inner child that is so in need of it? Mm. Yeah, so I'm struggling with that. All of that is coming out for me at the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you are taking steps. I am taking steps. I've been speaking to my therapist. She feels that I need intensive counseling. So I'm going in a week's time. So for a boost. Yes. Awesome. See, and, and what I'm hearing, Melissa, is that kind of fine. Mm-hmm. And that's what I so like about the spiritual path that we walk through a 12-step program. Is mm-hmm. Even though you're angry at your higher power, yeah. you're angry at God, mm-hmm. you're expressing that anger in a far healthier way than you've done before. Yes. So you got something out. You've learned new behavior. You have not stopped therapy. So you are still getting help. Yeah. When I contact you to have this chat, even though you felt you couldn't because of the spiritual crisis you're experiencing, mm-hmm. you still said yes, which for me is a very healthy thing to do. I must be honest with you. I thought to myself, Shouldn't I rather cancel and allow you to follow your own process? Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, I just felt that you agreed to this for a reason. And that's why I did pitch up. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that that this chat actually brings something to you. Because a lot of people, when we finished our chat, always says, you know what, you say thank you, thank you, thank you. But a lot came up for me. A lot came up for me which I haven't visited visited for a long time. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have spoken about this stuff again. Mm-hmm. So I hope this chat for you is the beginning of a new connection. And maybe this is exactly what it's going to be. Maybe this journey is going to be a whole new connection with what you thought was okay before. Yeah, I'm sure it will be because as angry as I am, there's still that part of me that remembers the principles of my programs. Yeah. And that means that it must be something good. And, you know, I I remember telling you that 
somebody told me I must never say no to service and that was the only thing that kept me uh, you know that got me to agree yeah. to this no you said in the message that yes. I'll do this service <laughs> yes so it feels like this chick still, still got it <laughs> but it does feel liberating to just again to talk about my anger yeah and for me to realize that my feelings are valid you know because and I know people, their intentions are good, but they tell you, oh, you know, God knows better, accept, accept. I'm not at acceptance yet. Yeah. So it's okay for me to be angry. I hear you. But anger is one of the phases of the grief process. Yeah. And what happens a lot is we get stuck in one of the phases. Yeah. And yeah. then we just need to get that little push. And you're going to get that push now when, you, when you're going for the intensive counseling again. Yes. I'm definitely stuck at the anger. Yeah. And then it's it's between being so angry and being so heartbroken that I can barely lift my head off the pillow some days. Yeah. You know, so I just, it makes my head spin. But I'm getting the help that I need. And I know that once I'm done with this, I know that I'm going to return yeah. to OA. There's no, no doubt in my mind about it. Just, <laughs> It just never even crossed my mind that you might not. It, it just, it just, you know that's part of your path. Yes, it is. And it's is. been so good to you while you were on that path. It so, absolutely yeah. has. Because strange, strange. It never crossed my mind that you were. Yeah, my, my life has changed for the better, Freddie. I've done things that I would never have done before because I felt I wasn't worthy. Yeah. And these programs have taught me I am worthy. I mean, to have taken my first overseas trip that I just thought was impossible, never. I've done that. Zanzibar. Yes, yes and I went to Thailand. That oh was God, amazing. Right, yeah. So yeah. those are two overseas trips. Yeah. Just, I started dance lessons a while ago. Are you serious? Yes, but didn't continue them. But I started them. Yeah. All of a sudden, took that step. I'm at the gym because I just stayed away from it because, you know, Obese people shouldn't be at the gym. That's what I felt. And I felt, you know, people will be judging me. Nobody actually cares that I'm there. <laughs> how, how would you feel mm. if somebody mm. at the gym comes to you and say, you go, girl. Do you know I that has happened? Are you serious? Because yes. there, there's a woman in, in, in my gym, which I can see mm. is a compulsive overeater. And, and yeah. she's there and she's working this. Mm. And I always think, I really want to go to her and say, you know, well done. Yes, no, it's happened to The me. last thing she should be is to be mm. shy or to be ashamed to be yeah. there. It is so awesome. It is so, yeah. I think it's in flipping hell. Somebody actually came and gave me a high five and oh, I laughed. <laughs> so That's cool. I'm doing it. And yeah. do you know, the reason why I'm doing it has changed. It's not about weight loss. This is about I'm doing something for me. That's good for you. I want to be more active. Yeah. I, And you know what's happened is I'm so impressed with what my body is doing. Fabulous. I didn't know that my body is this powerful. It's this strong. I couldn't do a minute on the elliptical cycle. I'm up to 20 minutes now. Oh, wow. Yes. So it's... I would, I would probably call it the epileptic cycle. <laughs> <laughs> It sometimes cycle? feels like an <laughs> elliptical cycle. Elliptical. Yes. So I'm and amazed. And she's rubbing her arm because she says her arm is sore from the gym. So, <laughs> so, mm. so again, what I'm hearing is, mm. 
I referred to your spiritual crisis earlier. Yeah. But you're still doing so many good things for you. Yeah. So what I actually think is happening, <laughs> that inner child that you're struggling to nurture mm. is just really upset. And mm. she's saying kind of, I'm angry with you, I'm not going to talk to you. Yes. And that's all. It doesn't mean he's not there. It doesn't mean that he stopped yeah. caring. You're just saying that I'm not going to talk to you. So that the principles are still there. You're still being yeah. a good person. And most of all, you're still being good to yourself. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, that's the one thing that I, I actually realized is I haven't stopped believing. Yeah. I still believe in my higher power. I still believe in God. Because I see all the goodness around me. I see all the miracles in my life every day. I'm a lot more grateful for the life I have. Yeah. I no longer wish that I have somebody else's life like I used to in the past. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm grateful for the life that I'm living. Yeah. And I understand that this is life happening now. And this and is it sucks. me. Yes, it yeah. sucks at the moment. I lost my mom. It sucks. Yeah. But I'm aware that, you know, I'm not going to feel like this forever. Mm. This is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. That's fabulous. Thank you. And I think on that point, we're going to end this. Thank you, it just it, it, It's so perfect. Mm. I love this last sentence. It was just so, so, so. And I think I could see in your eyes that you mm. believe what you're saying. I do. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely awesome. Mm. Listen, thank you so much. Thank you. And you won't believe it, but as you know, I was late. It's okay. And I left your chocolate on the kitchen counter. That's okay. <laughs> so. You can have it and think of me. Oh, cool. Yes. I shall do that thing. I, I like that arrangement. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say that to people more. I yes. bought you chocolate, but I left it at home. So if you don't mind, I'll eat it and think of you. <laughs> Absolutely. Fabulous. Melissa, thank you so much. Thank also you, that. Now, Before I end, mm-hmm. I wanted to just bring something else to your attention. You mentioned to me that after this, you're going to your dad. Yes. So do you see the service you're doing there as well? Yeah. And you, do you know what's happened? <laughs> my dad and my relationship we're actually a lot closer. Ah. My dad never told me he loves me. And a few days after my mom died, he phoned me one day while we were busy with funeral arrangements. And at the end of the call, he told me, I love you. And I said, okay, I love you too. And I put it on the phone and I told my sister that was driving, daddy says he loves me. <laughs> the first time my mother said she loved me, I called, I called my brother and said, is she dying of cancer? <laughs> It's amazing how these things yeah. happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's more comfortable. I hug him and I tell him I love you. Yeah. And it was his birthday yesterday. And I phoned him and I wished him. And I said, listen, yeah, take care of yourself. Because you still have to be with us for a long time. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. And he told me, no, girl, you're right. I still have to be with you guys. You know, and we went around there yesterday. And I took him cake. And it was just good to be with him. I enjoy the time with him. And I enjoy this newfound closeness. That's that we fabulous. have, yes. And Can it's you imagine a more, how much joy your mother is experiencing? I know, to, hey? to watch this. I know, and it's more honest the connection mm. we have because I'm speaking my mind a little bit more easily, a bit more freely yeah. with him, and he understands that, that it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that I care for you less. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you when you're wrong, and it's a bit easier. So I'm grateful for that. That's the one good thing. That came out of my mom's passing so far. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> this had to happen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
<laughs> Listen, thank you so much. Thank Have you, an Freddy. awesome day. Look after I yourself. Will. Eh? You too. I am very happy that I decided not to cancel this conversation with Melissa. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat and got so much out of it. I really believe it is okay for us to fight with our God. It is probably one of the healthiest ways to get anger out of our systems. I hope that making this recording put her on a path of healing and that the intensive counseling she is receiving is making a significant impact. Melissa, all of us at Meet Me in the Field are with you on this path and wish you all of the best. If you have any feedback or remarks, please feel free to pop me an email or connect with me on social media. It will be great to hear from you. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to contact me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at www.freddy. If you have any feedbacks or remarks, please pop me an email on freddy.rensberg at gmail.com that is freddy with an ie or connect with me on social media it will be great to hear from you if you want to know more about what i do please feel free to contact me if you want to know more about what i do please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find him on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash freddy.org.za or on Twitter at at Freddy. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Be safe. Bye.